Hi everyone, this is Cheryl Perry and Jen Plim with Charlotte Smarty Pants. Thanks so much for joining us today. Our Charlotte Smarty Pants podcast is powered by Charlotte Star Room, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best girl birthday parties in the QC, the pop star parties. And they offer professional voice lessons in a studio. Today we're talking learning differences with the Fletcher School's Michelle Toller. Let me give you a little bit more information about Michelle. She holds a master's degree in special education and has worked with students who learn differently for over 20 years. She was the founding head of school at Epiphany, a school in Charlotte for students with Asperger's. In her current role as the Director of Student and Academic Affairs at the Fletcher School, Michelle is responsible for all aspects of student life from admissions through graduation. Michelle, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So just first off, um, tell us a little bit more about the Fletcher School and your students. Gladly. The Fletcher School is happy to be celebrating our 35th anniversary, and we serve students who have specific learning disabilities and ADHD. So um, students will come to us with a psychological educational um, diagnosis from a psychologist, and they'll spend a day with Fletcher, and we'll see if it's a good fit for them for the program that we run. Our program specifically helps children with language-based disabilities, so we run an Orton-Gillingham program, which breaks down the English language so that you can understand it systematically and have it directly taught. So that's who benefits from our program. And what grade, what ages are the students? Our students are K through 12, and our curriculum is college prep. Good. Okay. Do most of your students come in at kindergarten, or is it all over the all over the place with entry? That's a good question. We do um, sometimes not have a kindergarten, and mm-hmm. this year we have a kindergarten and a first grade, and all of wow. the classrooms filled to capacity wow. through 12th grade. I think we still have one or two openings potentially, but students do come at all different um, levels. We even have students that enter in high school. Wow, and and um, when they enter, like what, what is the average class size in, at Fletcher? I guess it varies. No, the average class size of Fletcher is small. That is part of um, the special um, part about Fletcher. It's a six to one student ratio. So oh, the awesome. students that's develop amazing. a very um, intensive um, academic relationship with their teachers, their known, their strengths, their needs, um, their social emotional um, components to them, and how they learn best. So our program, we call it multimodal or multimodality, and that's part of what I mentioned earlier at Orton-Gillingham. We teach auditorily, visually, and kinesthetically. And what that means is every lesson has a component that goes through your eyes, your ears, and your hands. So that way, the information goes in very deeply and strongly. And children have strengths, like they may be a visual learner or they may be an auditory learner, meaning they learn through their ears. But by hearing it, seeing it, and doing it, they're engaging their entire brain in the lesson. Okay. Yeah, my son um, was actually tutored in Orton-Gillingham over the summer. He's a first grader, and it worked wonders. It's an amazing methodology. It is, and it's been around for a long time Mm -hmm. when um, it was invented um, in the 40s. And what it really does is break down the structure of the English language to its rules, and it teaches the phonics directly. So we have 26 letters and 46 sounds in our alphabet. Most children can learn the sounds just from hearing them. But if you don't process language that way, or you have difficulty in putting it in, which is encoding or in, and, and recalling it, um, 
decoding, then you actually need and can benefit, like your son, from the tutoring of having it directly and explicitly taught. Mm -hmm. So it's taught in small chunks where exactly the student is. You can um, prescribe exactly what level of Orton-Gillingham a child would need to be. And as they progress, oftentimes we look back and say there's holes that the child still needs to go. So we call it looping, where they go back and they reteach to fill in the holes. So the whole child progresses forward Mm -hmm. over time. So this is kind of a big picture question, but how do you even know if your child might have a learning difference? It's a very good question. Really around four or five or six in the early years when you've had some opportunity to start learning your letters, your numbers, your shapes, and your colors is is one touch point where you could say they're having trouble recalling that. Um, They're having trouble following directions would be another sense of it. Um, They're not able to retell a story or when I read them a story I get the sense they're not comprehending or can't retell the story. So those are some pre-academic skills that might be missing. A, A child later on in elementary or middle school could be putting forth a tremendous amount of effort in the classroom and during homework time and still coming home with grades that don't reflect the mm-hmm. effort. Right. So you start to dig deeper and say, what's wrong? My child is working so hard. And mm-hmm. all of the students at Fletcher are very bright. The criteria requires that you have an average to above average IQ. Mm-hmm. So children with learning differences are incredibly bright children right. that have underlying um, neurological issues mm-hmm. that, that make their brain learn differently. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is teach the way their brains learn the best. And like, where do you start if you, I mean, mm-hmm. where in Charlotte do you go to a psychologist first, like a school psychologist, or where do you start to get tested for a learning difference? Exactly. The first place I always start is to question the classroom teacher, because mm-hmm. outside of the parents, they spend the most time with your children. And then the school has a school counselor who can do some academic testing. And that would be true in public or private school. So those are resources that are always always available for the academic needs of your Mm -hmm. child. For developmental needs, I would refer a parent to a pediatrician. You want to make sure you're meeting your developmental milestones. There's also, as you mentioned, psychiatrists. They would do more intensive testing to see what your native intelligence is or your IQ, to do underlying tests for memory and processing and language ability, and also the rating scales for um, ADHD screening and things like that. If you need to go further on, we're very fortunate in Charlotte. We have neurologists and attention mm-hmm. specialists. Right. We, you can go up the ladder, but I suggest just starting with the classroom teacher and working your way up from there. So you, so you said Fletcher specializes, and tell us about the other resources based on different children's needs that are available in Charlotte. What other schools are there? What other options are there? them. Exactly. The the Fletcher School cannot serve every student, but I want to mention that we do have the Rankin Institute, which is the outreach arm and an educational component to the Fletcher School. And that trains teachers that work at Fletcher and other teachers that work in many schools in our community and sometimes even outside the state in the Orton-Gillingham program. And we have a number of educational series that run seems right now almost weekly, Mm -hmm. that touch on different topics of visual processing, auditory, what kind of learner is your child? They help parents, they help um, regular educators. 
we have um, almost oh, hundreds and hundreds of people that come through the doors every year to attend Rankin Institute. And can parents come to the Parents can Absolutely. come, and it's all yeah. available on the Fletcher website. Um, the we also have it on coming. our Smarty Pants website That's under great. events. So, yeah. Thank you. So they're, they're, if your child, if you think your child has learning differences in reading, writing, math, spelling, and ADHD, the Fletcher School and the Rankin Institute is a tremendous resource. If your child's developmental needs fall in other categories and you think they have under the autistic spectrum, with the high-functioning autistic and social communication challenges, we have the Epiphany School now in Charlotte, which directly addresses that and runs a curriculum to specifically target those social and communication skills. We have the John Crosland School that also serves children with learning differences very well. We have the Mana School, which is a smaller setting that addresses uh, children's needs. We have the Trinity Prep that um, we refer students to as well. In addition, all of our public schools in Union County and CMS will have resource rooms and special education mm -hmm. teachers that can help. And a number of our larger private schools in Charlotte now have learning centers. For, I call it a special ed light inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If your child has a very significant problem, they might need a different setting. But if they need extra tutoring or mild remediation and accommodations, there now exist um, in our top uh, independent schools as well. Do you see any um, rise in the need for the learning differences um, resources? Like, do you feel like it's getting, you know, these situations are getting bigger? Or do you think that it's, um, you know, like, I just feel like, I wonder if like technology has something to do with this or is there any kind of rise in in the amount of need, the demand for the schools. Yes, there definitely is a rise in demand. Um, the Fletcher School right now is at the largest enrollment we've ever had. Hmm. We have maximum enrollment. Um, and what do you enrollment. think that's, what, what do you attribute that to? Just awareness? Of awareness of it and excellent diagnosis. Earlier. Um, earlier diagnosis. But when you mention technology, I know I'm seeing more and more studies that I read that say if your child is over-involved in screen time, any kind of screen a phone, an iPad, a television, or talking toys, it can impair language development. Mm -hmm. And so you want to pull back from that and access a speech and language therapist, and we have a lot of good SLPs in town, mm -hmm. to see if the child is not given the opportunity to engage with another human more, because that's how language develops, is in and conversation. It's just, right, it's just getting where, I mean, we've seen, we've talked about this in the past, where we've seen in the grocery store, like uh, these little iPad attachments mm -hmm. for infants. <laughs> And yeah, I'm, it's crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe mm -hmm. I'm seeing this. It's a baby. And you see the baby kind of leaning around it and trying to see just things out, you know, not the movie away from or whatever the screen. It is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I will say that with specific learning disabilities, those are more neurologically based right. from birth. So you're not going to get a learning difference mm -hmm. or a learning disability right. necessarily. In fact, there's technology. We have a wonderful, we're an Apple certified school and we have technology infused throughout our curriculum, but very carefully so that right. it enhances the learning. It fully engages the student. And it, we recognize it's so important just as much to put your hands and in, in, um, draw in rice and have textured feeling ways mm -hmm. of learning your letters and numbers mm -hmm. and um, sounds 
That one I don't think will ever go away. But if I suspected my child was on the autistic spectrum and was having delayed language and delayed social interactions, I would cut the screen time in half or cut it out completely because right. those those neurons are forming and the synapses are forming in the brain and you do not want the child mm-hmm. to be staring at a screen instead of human face. Right, absolutely. Tell us as we kind of wrap up like a success a success story from some of your students. Like I think just to give parents who maybe are just starting this journey something to look forward to. Oh, I'd love to share that. I've been working with the senior class um, the last two days. They're in senior seminar, which is a class that specifically prepares them for life outside of the classroom and on in their college years because we have um, every student that graduates from Fletcher is accepted to college and goes on um, primarily unless you take a gap year to go to school at a, um, a good university. So when I was interviewing these students, they were coming to me as if I was a professor at college and asking me for the accommodations that they would need to be successful in the classroom. So I would like to have extra time on a test, and here is why. I have a slower processing rate. I need um, to receive the notes in advance because I do better when I prepare. Mm -hmm. I would like to have, if you tape your lectures, I would love to be able to review them because I'm an auditory learner. So I asked the students in the follow-up, where did you learn these skills and Mm -hmm. how did you? And he said, well, some said I started at the Fletcher School in second grade. Mm -hmm. And I learned these skills, and they would name specific teachers' names, and they would share stories of how they learned it in the classroom. I had another student said, I learned how to be a leader from my basketball coach at Fletcher. And she Mm -hmm. taught me the importance of remaining quiet and not filling the silence and letting others take the floor, that a leader sometimes steps aside, not back, and lets others speak. And my student that I interviewed this morning said, I learned all of these skills at the Fletcher School and I run a side business. I have a dog sitting business and I'm organized and I know the door codes mm-hmm. and I manage the money and I have all of the, and I've, I've, I've mastered in third grade how to do my backpack and I took these skills and went on. About a third of our graduates have already been accepted into college. And so when That's I amazing. look, and it's just, you know, this was late yeah. November and we had that. When I look at where they're going and the skills that they have for life that they've gotten from the Fletcher School and then expanded into their own interests. And then I ask them what they want to do with their future. They're telling me they want to be an animator. Mm -hmm. They want to be a computer program. Um, They're going to go to SCAD art school. I think this is incredible. And it all started with a parent that said, my gut feeling is telling me something's wrong. And you go through the grief of finding out you do have a learning difference. Mm -hmm. And then you find the place that can help your child move forward. And um, that is why I have done this for 20 years and Mm -hmm. hope to do it for 20 more. I love it. It's so neat. We're so lucky to have the Fletcher School here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, You can find out more about the Fletcher School and what they offer their students as well as some of their amazing educational events open to the public at thefletcherschool.org. A special thanks to Charlotte Starroom, our podcast host. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Charlotte Starroom and on Twitter at CLT Starroom. And you can find us, Charlotte Smarty Pants, at charlottesmartypants.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Charlotte Smarty Pants and on Twitter at Charlotte Smarty. So thank you so much, Michelle. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you all.